All thanks and praise is due to God. We seek God's help and forgiveness. We seek refuge in God from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds. Whoever God guides will never be led astray. And whoever God leads astray will never find guidance. I bear witness that there is no God but God, alone, without any partners. And I bear witness that Muhammad is God's servant and God's messenger. You who believe, be mindful of God, as is God's too. And make sure you devote yourselves to God to your dying moment. These are challenging times for our community, both here in America and internationally. Last month at the Women's Mosque of America, during our discussion, after prayers were over, one of the sisters shared her need to speak about Nabra, the 17-year-old Muslim girl who was kidnapped as she was walking back to the masjid with a group of her friends and then was brutally murdered in Virginia last month. The discussion that ensued showed the great need we have in our community to better understand how to deal with such tragic loss. Some of the solutions that were discussed included the idea of our sisters taking self-defense classes so that we can get smart about how to protect ourselves and raise awareness of our inner alarm bells. We also talked about the importance of making sure the victims aren't burdened with the responsibility of stopping the crimes committed against them and responding politically to raise public awareness about the loss of life when it's a person of color or a Muslim. These are all great ideas. And today, by God's will, we will go even deeper into a consideration of how we can best deal with the challenges that come into our lives. As Muslims, we believe that God gives us the best guidance. So before we look to any other solutions, let us start by seeking guidance from God regarding the best ways to overcome our challenges so that any action we take is firmly rooted in our belief and trust in God rather than in ourselves. And so the question I took up for consideration in today's khutbah is how do we find the straight path? The path that allows us to respond to the challenges in our lives in the best ways. Ways that allow us to not only survive, but thrive through the challenges and traumas we experience in our lives. We pray to Allah to show us the straight path every day in every prayer, in every cycle of every prayer, as we recite Surah Al-Fatiha, the opening chapter of the Quran. It is said that Surah Al-Fatiha teaches us how to pray for guidance and help in the best way. And the rest of the Quran is an answer to that prayer. One day, it struck me that Surah Al-Fatiha doesn't just teach us how to pray for guidance, to the straight path, it is guidance in itself for living the straight path. In fact, it contains the step-by-step formula for how to help ourselves overcome any challenge and live excellence. 
So let's start by reminding ourselves of the meaning of the words to Surah Al-Fatiha. Praise be to God, the Lord of the worlds, the most compassionate, the most merciful, master of the day of judgment. Thee alone we worship, thee alone we ask for help. Show us the straight path, the path of those whom you have blessed, not of those who earn your anger, nor of those who go astray. Amen. Now, let's dig into each verse and see what we can learn from it about how to respond and overcome any challenge and live excellence in a step-by-step fashion. The first verse, praise be to God, the Lord of the worlds. We start by praising God. Now the word translated as praise is alhamd. And alhamd has a connotation of praising God to thank God for all the favors God has bestowed in this world and for the reward that will be given in the next. That is, we start our prayer for guidance to the straight path by praising and thanking God is very significant. If we are, if we are examining Surah Al-Fatiha as a step-by-step formula for overcoming any challenge, then Surah Al-Fatiha is teaching us to make our first response to any challenge the expression of gratitude for what we do have and for what is right in our lives. Indeed, we are taught whenever someone asks us, how are you? Our first response is to say, Alhamdulillah, praise and thanks be to God, regardless of our circumstances. True or true? Yeah. Why is that? How does such a response benefit us? Well, raise your hand if you knew that gratitude is the fastest way to feeling happy. Scientifically proven fastest way. That's right. So Surah Al-Fatiha is in fact teaching us that instead of reacting to our problems, let's respond to them with gratitude. Forsaking all negative thoughts, regardless of circumstances, in all ways, choose gratitude and happiness. This happiness decision, and yes, it is a decision we must take, is in fact the first step to our developing an empowered mindset and taking control of our well-being. Raise your hand if you agree that this is an amazing idea for us to learn. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. And now raise your hand if you find yourself doubting your ability to forsake all negative thoughts and choose to be happy regardless of circumstances. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. I have great news for you. The second half of the first verse gives us a solution to how we can make the happiness decision with complete confidence in our ability to live it. Remember, the verse is, Praise be to God, the Lord of the worlds. God reminds us in this verse not only to praise and thank God in general, but to also remember God as the Lord of the worlds. 
This is significant because by thanking God as the Lord of the worlds, we are not only being appreciative and grateful in general, we are also reminding ourselves that the Lord of the worlds, the being that has everyone and everything within its power and control, is our caretaker and our provider. The Lord of the worlds is on our team taking care of us, supporting us, rooting for our success. Now raise your hand if you thought, if you, if you think that is hugely confidence raising and heartening. Thank you. That's right. Nothing can stop you from breaking through any challenge when the Lord of the worlds is on your team. True or true. That's right. So you can be absolutely confident in your ability to fully live the happiness decision regardless of your circumstances. For example, if you look at a, at a circumstance like our having lost Nabra, it is very natural for feelings of sadness, anger, and even fear to come up. And it is critical that we honor the presence of these feelings and allow ourselves to feel them. These feelings are just as much a gift from God as the feelings of happiness, gratitude, and inner peace. Each feeling is there to give us some valuable feedback. What we think of as the negative feelings are there to alert us to the fact that we have something that we need and we're not getting it. Sadness is a response to loss and tells us that our need for love and connection is not being met. Anger is a response to the violation of our boundaries and values. So anger tells us that our need for exercising power and control in our lives and or our need for just treatment is not being met. Fear tells us that our need for safety and security is not being met. So it is only too natural that we find ourselves feeling sad, angry, and afraid when we think of what happened to Nabra. The key to living the happiness decision in such a circumstance is to understand what feedback these feelings are giving us and then to shift our focus to what we can do to fulfill our unmet needs in the best ways. That is ways grounded in love, mercy and compassion for all. When we do this, the negative feelings naturally resolve themselves because they have done their job and we are able to regain our sense of inner peace and happiness. Now, when I talk about our regaining our inner peace and happiness here, note that there are different kinds of happiness. In this kind of a situation, you may not feel the kind of happiness that makes us laugh and sing and dance with joy, at least not right away. However, you most certainly can, and God willing, you most certainly will feel the kind of deeper, quieter happiness that shows up in our life as contentment, the contentment that comes from knowing that you are still connected to your source of life and love and peace, your God, and that God is there to take care of you even now, that God has promised you that with every difficulty there is ease, 
that with God's grace and God's help, we will be able to create something good even out of this tragedy. True or true. Now, let's turn our attention to the second verse for even more clarity on how to respond to and overcome any challenge. Very simply, the second verse reminds us that God is also the most compassionate, the most merciful. Why is this significant? How can remembering God as the most compassionate, the most merciful, help us overcome our challenges and live excellence? Well, raise your hand if you find thinking of God as the Lord of the worlds rather awe-inspiring and maybe even a little or a lot frightening. And raise your hand if thinking of God as the Lord of the worlds makes God feel a lot more distant. That's right. Raise your hand if you only knew God as the Lord of the worlds, you might hesitate to reach out to God for help and support when you need it. Thank you. You are not alone if you feel that way. Even as confidence-boosting as it can be to know that the Lord of the worlds is on our side, only remembering God as the Lord of the worlds can intimidate us into maintaining a certain distance from God. And that can prevent us from asking God for the things we desire and even the help we need. In that state of mind, we are likely to think that we do not have the right to ask God for any more than God has already given us. That we need to just gratefully and or quietly accept whatever condition we are in. It can trigger our fears of not being good enough, not being deserving or worthy enough for God's attention and help. So Surah Al-Fatiha guides us to also remember the Lord of the worlds as the most compassionate and merciful. It reminds us that we don't have to be perfect. Even if we make a mistake, God will forgive us because God is the compassionate, the merciful. If we are scared, God will take care of us with love and tenderness because God is the merciful and compassionate. If we are angry, God will soothe our hearts with love and patience because God is the merciful and the compassionate. Now raise your hand if this understanding of God makes you feel more easy, more close in your relationship to God. That's right. Thank you. So the second step of the formula to overcome any challenge and live excellence is to connect with God's mercy and compassion. And when we connect with God's mercy and compassion, we also take on those attributes for ourselves. We commit to acting with mercy and compassion ourselves. We commit to dealing with ourselves and others with loving kindness. We commit to forgiving our own mistakes and the mistakes of others, even as God forgives us. This makes it easier for us to take the next steps that we need to take. So for example, as we think of Navra and we feel the anger and fear coming up, we honor those feelings 
as we talked about before. And at the same time, we commit to seeking justice with mercy and compassion. Allah reminds us in chapter 41, verse 34, that good and evil cannot be equal. Rebel thou evil with something that is better, and lo, he between whom and thyself was enmity may then become as though he had always been close to thee, a true friend. Good or good. So let's move on to considering the third verse of Surah Al-Fatiha and with it, with it, the third step to resolving any challenge and living excellence. The third verse reminds us that God is the master of the day of judgment. When we think of God as the master of the day of judgment, it reminds us of the true nature and purpose of our lives. In verse 155 to 157 of chapter 2, Allah says, And surely we shall try you with something of fear and hunger and loss of wealth and lives and crops. But give glad tidings to the steadfast, who, when calamity befalls them, say, Verily, unto God do we belong, and verily, unto him we shall return. It is they upon whom their sustainers' blessings and grace are bestowed, and it is they who are on the right path. So we understand that God has created life and death so that God may test us. And the tests God puts us through are in fact desirable difficulties that allow us to learn and grow even closer to Allah both in the life of this world and the next. And with that comes a great reward. Raise your hand if you want that great reward. <laughs> Thank you. So the third step that Surah Al-Fatiha teaches us to resolve any challenge and live excellence is to shift our mindset from being problem-focused to opportunity-focused. This means rather than focusing on the short term or the difficulty in the moment, we maintain a long-term focus on the opportunity that this difficulty gives us to create massive positive change in the life of this world and to receive even greater rewards in the next. For example, as we think of Nabra, we have the opportunity to learn how to manage our feelings in even better ways. We have the opportunity to shift our focus from the daily grind of our lives to doing something to help those who have been affected by Nabra's passing. And in helping them, inshallah, God willing, we will find comfort and a sense of greater meaning and purpose to our own lives. We have the opportunity to shift our focus from the daily grind of our lives to consider what issues led to a tragedy like this and what positive changes we can work to create in our communities so that God willing, we can prevent such tragedies from happening again. For example, I remember after 9-11, 
when hate crimes against Muslims shot up and Islamophobia was running rampant, my family encouraged me to get involved in interfaith work so that we could help build bridges of understanding with our wider American community. And I'm tasting the sweet fruits of that effort now. Because now I have countless friends, non-Muslim friends, who are aware and ready to stand with our community in our times of need. Just one example is a when talk about the Muslim ban started. We had countless friends from our interfaith community just show up at our mosque and send us letters. I even had people personally call and message me to express their concern for us and ask what they can do to help and share the ideas and actions they're already taking. It lifted my heart. I mean, it just filled me with gratitude and hope and joy. Raise your hand if you want your heart to be filled with happiness and gratitude and hope and joy. That's right, thank you. At the same time, I recognize that we must continue our efforts in interfaith engagement, and indeed we need to redouble and triple them. At most interfaith meetings I go to, Muslims are in the minority. We need more Muslims to show up and contribute their voices in interfaith spaces. Our non-Muslim brothers and sisters are anxious to hear from us and learn from us directly. And so it happened recently, my sister and I went to present a workshop on Islam at the Presbyterian Women's uh, Conference. And it turned out that we had the most people sign up for our, our workshop. We were literally forced to turn people away because our room was filled to capacity. This is how curious and open our non-Muslim friends are to learn about Islam and Muslims. Raise your hand if you see the great opportunity in that. That's right. So interfaith engagement is one positive path forward. If it is not your cup of tea, think of what else you can get involved with. How else can you help counteract the culture of fear and hate that led to our losing Nabra. The point is that you do the best you can with what you know and what you have, and you must do so for your own sake. In chapter two, verse 214, Allah asks us, did you think that you shall enter the garden of bliss without such trials as came to those who passed away before you? They encountered suffering and adversity and were so shaken in spirit that even the messenger and those of faith who were with him cried, When will the help of Allah come? Ah, verily, the help of Allah is always near. We cannot enter the garden of bliss without going through the tests and trials of life. And at times, we may feel overwhelmed by the effort required of us. But take comfort in knowing that you are not alone in your suffering and Allah's help is near. Allah will never burden you with more than you can bear. Remind yourself, unto God do we belong and unto God we shall return. 
That is, remind yourself that all of life is temporary anyway. Everything that is happening now is just a passing moment in time. It too shall pass. There is comfort in knowing that no matter how difficult our current time feels, it too shall pass. And while it is passing, we are getting closer and closer to our end goal, getting closer and closer to Allah and the great rewards that come with it. Allow yourself to feel that comfort now. In the next verse of Surah Al-Fatiha, we move from remembering God's various attributes to affirming our commitment to Thee alone we worship and Thee alone we ask for help. You see that there are two parts to this verse and each part offers us a very important lesson. Let's first look at the idea of Thee alone we worship. What does it mean for us to worship God? To worship God is to be in a specific kind of relationship with God. It is a relationship which indicates servitude, obedience, and adoration. It acknowledges that we are utterly dependent upon God, the Lord of the worlds and the master of the day of judgment, although the most compassionate and the most merciful Lord and Master. And it is because God is the Lord of the worlds and the Master of the Day of Judgment that God has the right to be worshipped by us. And because there is no God but God, only God has the right to be worshipped by us. And because God is the Lord of the worlds, God is everywhere and is involved with our every concern. So we worship God everywhere, and everything that we do is in service of this one true purpose. We do nothing that does not serve this purpose. So to say that Thee alone we worship is to recognize that we have made a commitment to stay focused on the ultimate purpose of our lives, that is to worship God. In the last step, we reminded ourselves of what our end goal is, and now we commit to staying focused on our purpose and achieving our end goal. So step four of the formula to overcome any obstacle and live excellence is to commit and become fully focused on living our purpose and achieving our end goal. And as we do so, we remember the second half of the verse, Thee alone we ask for help, and we ask for help. It is not that God will not help us without our asking. Rather, we bring the idea of receiving help to our consciousness by asking for help, so that we can become even more open to receiving and recognizing the help we are already receiving from God. Whether we recognize it or not, God is always there with us, closer to us than our own selves, helping us, guiding us, sustaining us. But if we are not aware of that closeness, and if we are not open to receiving the help and support that God is giving us, then we cannot benefit from the peace and the contentment that accompanies the awareness of God's presence and help. 
And in the absence of peace and contentment in our heart, everything feels harder. True or true. That's right. So do not go it alone. Do not even try to go it alone. Do not think that you can do it alone. Do not think that you need to do it alone. You deserve help and support and love. Asking for help does not make you weak. It makes you even stronger. And asking for help helps you to let go of the pride of thinking that you are better than others or that you are self-sufficient. It helps you to become more humble-minded, and that is crucial. In chapter 2, verse 45, Allah says, Seek help in patience and prayer, and truly it is hard, save for the humble-minded, and who remember their return is unto their Lord. Notice in this verse, besides the lesson on the importance of being humble-minded, God also teaches us to seek help in patience and prayer. Patience and prayer. That order is important. Seek help in patience first. That means to be still, to become still. This is not the stillness of having given up or just waiting passively for something to happen. This is stillness that we choose so that we can open ourselves up to a new awareness of what is. I'm reminded of a verse in the Bible where it says, Be still and know that I am God. Patience is the stillness that allows us to know that God is right there for us and with us. God, the Lord of the worlds, the most compassionate, the most merciful, the master of the day of judgment is on our side. Everything we need, everything we want is within God's control. And God is right there loving us, supporting us, rooting for our success. So all we have to do is to become aware of God's presence and the connection that presence gives us to all the abundance of the universe. So we realize we already have access to everything we need and want through God. How amazingly wonderful is that? Later today, when you have a few moments to yourself, reflect on this idea. Allow yourself to become still. Experience the presence of God within you and around you. And reflect on and experience how that presence connects you with all that is. So you can simply reach out and take what you need. Just reach out and take what you want. It's yours for the taking. You are not alone. You're surrounded by abundance and love. And if you find yourself struggling with this, practice, remember God's advice to make it easier. That is to be humble-minded and remind yourself that your return is on to God. Raise your hand if you are willing to do this for yourself today. Excellent. Thank you. Now, another action I want to encourage you to take today is to sign up online 
to read Quran for Nabra, or you can simply read Surah Yasin for her. To learn more about how to help her family financially, or to sign up to read Quran for her, you can visit launchgood.com slash Nabra for more information. I have said what I have said. May God forgive us all. Alhamdulillah. All praise and thanks are due to God alone. In the first four verses of Surah Al-Fatiha, we learn the first four steps to the formula for overcoming any challenge and living excellence. Number one, use gratitude to help you develop a happy and empowered mindset. Number two, connect to God's mercy and compassion to help overcome your fears and create a sense of ease. Number three, shift your mindset from being problem-focused to being opportunity-focused. And number four, commit to being fully focused on living your ultimate purpose and remember to ask for help in living it. Now we are ready to make the actual supplication and ask God to show us the straight path, the path of those whom you have blessed, not of those who earn your anger, nor of those who go astray. First off, notice that we are asking God to show us the straight path. This means that the straight path is already existing. We just need to become aware of it. So our fifth step to the formula for overcoming any obstacle and living excellence is to seek out the straight path. The straight path is the shortest, simplest path leading to our destination. It is the path of those God has blessed. So now the question is, who has God blessed? The question is answered most simply in chapter 4, verse 69, where Allah tells us that God bestows blessings on all those who obey God and the Messenger. Now, from one perspective, we have been given many commands to obey on all kinds of issues. And yet, from another perspective, the essence of all God's commands and the Prophet's teachings can be boiled down to a single injunction. Love for others what you love for yourself. So as you strive to identify the straight path, whatever options you come up with for moving forward, check them against the standard of this golden rule. Ask yourself, in choosing this path, or in choosing to behave in this way, am I loving for others what I love for myself? Am I treating others as I want to be treated? If the answer is yes, you're good to go. The only thing left now is to heed the warning not to follow the path of those who earn God's anger, nor of those who go astray. So who earns God's anger? And who are the people who go astray? In chapter 16, verse 106, it is revealed that God's anger fall on all such people who willingly open their heart 
to a denial of the truth after they have attained faith. One of the primary examples of such a being in the Quran is Iblis, the Satan, who despite having attained faith, chose to disobey God. And he did so because he developed bad pride and came to believe that he was better than others God had created. Regarding such bad pride, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, warned us that if we have even an iota of bad pride or arrogance in our hearts on the day of judgment, we won't even smell paradise. So check in with yourself diligently to ensure that you are not allowing bad pride to take up any space in your heart. And do so especially anytime you find yourself having judgmental thoughts about others. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, actually taught us a beautiful way of doing this. He said, whenever you find yourself thinking badly of someone, make 70 excuses for them first. In other words, before you allow yourself to reach any negative conclusions about a person, engage in a serious exercise of empathy and compassion. Stretch yourself to see the situation from that person's point of view, a view from which that action makes sense to that person. Make your utmost effort to imagine as many scenarios as you possibly can that would render that person blameless or at least help you to see them in a better light. This way, inshallah, God willing, you will be able to ensure that you stay humble-minded and prevent bad pride from taking up any space in your heart. Good or good? That's right. Now, let's take a quick look at what the Quran teaches us about the people who go astray, and then we will be ready to identify the sixth and the final step of the formula to overcome any challenge and live excellence. Raise your hand if you're excited to identify the sixth and final step of the formula. Yay! So in chapter 28, verse 50, God says, And who could be more astray than he who follows his own likes and dislikes without any guidance from God? Scholars note that being astray can result from something intentional or something done by mistake. There are some people who have gone astray because they have yet to receive God's guidance. For example, this was the case with Prophet Moses, who says in verse 20, chapter 26, that he was one of those who were astray before the beginning of his mission as one of God's messengers. However, others go astray despite having received guidance because they allow themselves to become distracted and preoccupied by worldly concerns and pursuits. Now, given the various degrees of being astray, the request to not be among those who are astray can be seen as a request for help in remembering God at all times and never acting in a manner that would be contrary to the injunctions of their revelation. So the fifth step was for us 
to find the straight path. And our sixth and final step of the formula to overcome any challenge and live excellence is to stay strictly on the straight path once we have identified it. Allow yourself no distractions and no other choice but to follow the straight path that has been revealed to you. As I think about Nabra and the six steps of the Fatiha to overcome any challenge and live excellence, I feel grateful to God for giving us this opportunity to learn and grow even closer to God and to each other. I thank God for all the support we have been able to give each other and that God willing, we will continue to give each other in dealing with our sense of shock, sadness, anger, and fear at losing Nabra. I thank God for the mercy and compassion God shows us in following every difficulty with ease. And I pray to God to create ease for us now. Ya Allah, especially help and create ease for those who are most directly affected by Nabra's passing. I pray to God to help each of us find the opportunities in this problem, the opportunities to create good, to respond to the evil we have been touched by with what is better, to develop the best conduct and worship you, Ya Allah, in the ways that are the most pleasing to you. Ya Allah, help us to see the straight path, the path through which we can create justice with compassion for Nabra and all those who have been hurt by the kind of hate that led to our losing her. Ya Allah, help us stay fully committed and focused on following the straight path you show us now and always. I end with the reminder that God and that God commands justice, doing good and generosity towards relatives, and God forbids what is shameful, blameworthy, and oppressive. God teaches you so that you may take heed. Wa aqimna as-salah. Let's perform the prayer.